Good evening, guys. Hope you are well. Welcome to Gear Night. We're back again for another Thursday night. How's your week doing? If, you, uh, if you're watching, uh, jump in the chat, say good day. Tell us what you're up to. If you're in Victoria, already know what you're up to. Um, nothing. So uh, we uh, are back. Andy has joined me. Andy, how you going, man? Yeah, doing well, Rusty. Yourself? Good, good. I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm out of focus. But anyway, let's see if that's any better. Uh, good. What's, what's been happening with you? Uh not a whole lot. I've been uh, held up a little bit at work today, but yes. um, keeping busy, smashing out podcasts, you know, chit-chat. Yep. Good stuff. Bits and pieces. Yeah. yeah, bits and pieces. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, uh, big night tonight. We, uh, we've got a whole stack of topics to, to cover uh, for gear night because of our special guest this evening. Uh, but before we get on to that, uh, day, Scott. Hope you are doing well. Um, we uh, we need to let you guys know uh, there's, there's matches popping up and, and bits and pieces. I know the guys had a good time up in Darwin. Those could actually make it and get to Darwin and didn't have their flights cancelled. Hey, Andy. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. yeah. Anyway, uh, so for those, uh, the, the match in Biggerton at the end of September, I believe, is full, but um, they're looking for waiting lists because inevitably people will have to bail or can't make it or borders shut or whatever, whatever happens. So make sure if you can get to Biggerton late uh, September and you want to shoot that match, get your name on the list, even go up and help out. That that's also a really good way to do it. And then last minute call up, you might even uh, might even make it into the match. So who knows? Uh, we've got a match on the nineteenth of September, is it at Monado, Andy? Yeah, mate. Still slam. Still slam. That's the one. Get yeah. On it. State of origin. We'll take that out. Uh, so that's going to be a really good one if you're in SA. And there also will be another match in the middle of November uh, as well in SA, pushing out to I think about 1,000 or 1,100, somewhere there. We're starting to get some distance on it, which is uh, which is fantastic. It's just, see. it's just out of a stone throw. Just 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 beyond one stone. Yeah. Yep. Good. <laughs> good. All right. Well, I'm glad you're onto it. Glad you know what's happening. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, guys, uh, also good day to Anthony as well, who is uh, who was chatting away. Um, Right, uh, my guest tonight uh, is Adam from Three Gun Tactical. Adam uh, has been running uh, training for years and and has been uh, uh, has started a firearms dealership a little while ago and and opened up uh, the shop in November and promptly closed the shop again in March um, and then has reopened since. So uh, no doubt we'll uh, get onto all of that and and he's got uh, experience worldwide as a competitor in all sorts of disciplines and uh, is intrigued by the precision rifle world and started to delve into that as well, which is how we've connected but he's got all sorts of stuff to show us and talk to us about tonight so uh good adam how you going g'day rusty good to uh, go well mate yeah pretty good sunny Excellent. queensland uh nice yep. and warm not as cold as the rest of the place great thanks for having me on yeah no problems mate absolutely it's good to get on we we, we by now if everything had been normal we would have met a couple of times and uh, probably shot together or done something like that and uh yeah, yeah uh, well not not be the case so far but anyway that's uh, that's all right we're well, here we are and we, we we get to chat in this sort of scenario so um tell us a, a little bit about your background in in shooting and and um 3gt and and give us the whole package mate all package, the full package. No, I think uh, yeah, it's it's kind of started when I was a kid back in the day. Um, got on range when I was a little fella with my old man taking us down to the SSAA at Belmont. Yep. Got the bug then. Yep. Um, this is back when I used to be able to take uh, my my 22 bolt action on the uh, bus to school with me to shoot ISSF as a sport at school 
um, yeah, it wasn't, I'm not that old, but it was uh, pretty cool times. So had a <laughs> yep. break for a while, had a different career, um, got jack of that career, um, banking and finance ain't as fun as what you may think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty low standard then. Righto. Righto. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, gotcha. And then, yeah, moved over to um, – I did a bit of – I did quite a bit of electronics and background in uh, biomechanics as well. So I had a part-time moonlighting thing as a, uh, as a, as a physical trainer. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, got hell on into um, shooting again um, well, mate, uh, 10 years ago. Right. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And what prompted you get to get back into shooting? What was the, uh, the, the main reason or the event that well, caused it? I, I sucked as a special forces operative. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, uh, I just I just enjoyed. It. I've got a bunch of friends um, in the states. I lived in I lived in America for a little while. Okay. Uh, yeah, prob- probably about then um, when I was um, still a banker, and uh, just got exposed to mostly three gun, yep. um, playing with ARs and running around with shotguns and pistols, and then you know that really struck a fire again and. Mm-hmm. Worked out how to get back into it back here and fought the good fight. Okay. Since then, I've been going back and forth to the states a lot. Yeah. Uh, right. Got qualifications in America as an instructor, so work with some uh, mostly government types, um, but a few competitive guys. So I've got some partners over in the states to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, trying to do the same thing over here. I just why did I do this crazy stuff? Um, I had a lot of trouble actually getting a hold of useful information at gun shops. I just found. There was a lot of people that didn't really seem like they cared. Mm-hmm. Um, and having lived in a bunch of other countries, I found that the customer service levels were much nicer over there. And yeah. I thought, oh, well, I reckon I'll give it a crack. Yeah, right. Okay. And and so uh, three, three Gun Tactical and, and, and the training side of things as well, that's under the same brand name? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Uh, so I have a, a, a heap of friends that are police and, and military, uh, and they're quite often lamenting around, hey, listen, we just don't get enough time on range. Mm-hmm. We don't get enough time behind guns. We don't get enough training um, that we'd like. Yep. Uh, and yeah. a lot of that's because of our legislation gets in the way that we can't deliver a lot of good training. So I've kind of navigated away some ways on how to deliver training and proficiency skills development for, for police and government services. So mm-hmm. I am a licensed firearms instructor as well. Um, I've got a consulting business, but it's pretty much all falls under the banner of 3GT. Right. I'm trying to flesh out some tech in the virtuality, virtual reality world and some CO2 gas systems that I, could, I can show you a bit later on for training tools to yeah, right. enable yeah. training as a dry fire. It takes dry fire to a new level. Mm. Okay. Yeah, nice, mate. All sorts of uh, all sorts of tools on the on on the yeah. on the list. All sorts of options. And what I get busy. What was the uh, what was the first gun you shot? Do you remember? As in back when I was a kid, it yeah. was probably like an old Norinco twenty two LR. Okay. Um, and then it sort of progressed. I probably bought one or or acquired one from Kmart. Maybe no, I wouldn't criminate myself. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then when I came back here, uh, I think the first the first one I got was a um, a Ruger RPR. Yeah, right. Okay, and that's uh, yeah, once you, we got back and got got stuck into the rifle side of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, got into that. Figured yeah. that. Oh yeah. Then I got into handguns um, pretty seriously, more so than than the rifles, and mm-hmm. focused on IPSCing here and and uh, USPSA back in the states. And, yeah, then I got a whole heap of ARs and AKs and all kinds of fun stuff that that's obviously is not here. Yeah. Um, 
some of it might be because of my instructor license, but um, yeah. And then I, the handguns, I bring in some pretty high-end handguns from, from the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my first handgun in Australia was actually a, a CZ-75. Um, Good choice. Yeah, just a nice little 9 mil. Yeah. Uh, and it was badly. Yeah, nice. So they're uh, kicking off with a Ruger RPR and a uh, and the CZ seventy five. It's not not a bad combination. Oh, I kind of I was talking about before with with gear, right? Mm. I kind of want to do things properly the first time. It's the old buy once, cry once thing, mm-hmm. um, rather than half assing it all the way through the program and then constantly spending more than what I would have spent the first time yeah. and still having average stuff. So, yeah, um, and it's the same sort of how I speak to the guys that come in here and want to get gear from me. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, what do you want to do? And then we can work out what will fit into that with the budget available. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and be able to take it from, uh, yeah, if, if they're really keen on it and, and that's what they definitely want to do, being able to put them into a position where you, you get the right gear day one. It doesn't have to yep. be completely top tier because yes. you know we all have budgets to work in but it's something yeah. that's sensible that's going to actually achieve your purpose nothing nothing worse than seeing a guy rock up to a competition and they've been sold a gun that is just not even remotely relevant to My God. and and we see it prs but i'm sure in the handgun side of things like oh uh, big time <laughs> yeah what what's uh yeah I, I, we'll we'll delve into that no doubt so what are you running <laughs> what are you running now what's your sort of main uh, main go-to for both rifle and and oh shotgun as well bring that into it and hang on what, what sort of gear are you running no oh, we've got uh, show and tell now right show so. and tell uh so yeah I, i've just gone into open category for um um uh, a pretty high-end handgun made by a company called phoenix trinity in the u.s okay um so yeah coincidentally i'm their distributor here but you yep. know that's uh again it's like it's the latest greatest um, bit of kit you can get. So that's that's an IPSC open gun. Mm-hmm. Um, here uh, in um, in the rifle rig, I, I'm bringing in some of the Voodoo Rimfire um, guns. So mm-hmm. um, I've kind of gone all out on on one of them. So I've got a yeah apparition coming over in an MPA BA comp chassis with uh, proof research carbon barrel on it, Trigger Tech Diamonds, uh, putting a, a Carl's five two five I with the new reticle in it. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, and then for centerfire, uh, and yeah, news drop soon. Um, we're running a 6GT in a defiance, probably tenacity. Okay. Um, and again, and I've got a little, a little project where I can run the, the voodoo rimfire gun, um, and I want to be able to take that optic set with the spur mount and drop it straight over onto the centerfire. Yeah. And see if I can do a little bit of, uh, yeah, multi purposing with that. But yeah. yeah, value for money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the voodoo's voodoo is certainly an interesting, uh, interesting setup. I, I mean, a lot of people will, uh, will will look at you. I'm sure unusually when you said that your your 22 has cost you, you know, four or five thousand dollars or so. Uh, now you've played with them a little bit. Why why are voodoo's so much more expensive than a CZ four five two or four five five or four five seven or whatever number up to Andy? I don't remember. Yeah, it's a four five seven up around there. Yep. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's it's an awesome question. Is I think it comes down to the volume. Like they're not a big volume manufacturer, and okay. um, I coincidentally the way I met um, Mike and Paul and Andrew from Voodoo is I've got again I spend a lot of time in Southern Utah mm-hmm. with uh, my the training partners that I've got over there, and they all it's a small it's kind of a smallish town in St George, so they all talk to each other and um, just looking at the they focus a lot on quality rather than volume and. It, 
And I think there was a lot of um, synergy between what I want to do in my in 3G, 3GT in my business mm-hmm. and what they want to do. They rather sort of go less volume, but much higher quality, much finer tolerances, much better performance across the board and get a better outcome. So it's the whole, you know, do you go to Bunnings to buy the, well, not Bunnings, maybe Czech Republic, uh, Bunnings and and, um, (laughs) CZ are awesome. I'm definitely not going to, they're a bad example. They are fantastic, Mm. but they're, they're a great value for money solution and I do sell CZ's uh, rifles in here. Uh, and, yeah, they're awesome, but they're just not set up to be a running a, you know, a 40-grain bullet, an SK uh, bullet out to potentially, you know, 1,000 yards hmm. Yeah, um, and do yeah. it accurately as well. Like hitting a plate that's probably the size of your monitor. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't believe that I actually shot a basically a 12 by 12 steel plate at 670 yards with a 22LR. <laughs> also, um, yeah, my monitor's a, a lot bigger than you think then. But anyway. <laughs> it's just You're not compensating, are you, man? No. No, I've got, I've got two eyes. I need to see that. Anyway. Anyway, that's yeah. it. I am completely compensating for uh, for my poor shooting skills by having uh, an amazing monitor on my desk. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's the way I roll. That's the way I roll. That's the way I roll. If I can't shoot well, I should have good, good guns at least. So. <laughs> now, make, uh, make everyone jealous. Uh, let's go through some of the stuff that you shot while you were over in the US and, uh, and bits and pieces <laughs> that you play with. Because we, we do like to hear about the gear that perhaps uh, we either never will shoot or never will see or, or maybe one day head over there and have a crack ourselves. What's some of the, the highlights in terms of equipment that you've used uh, in, uh, in your time? Should I go straight for the top? Oh, why not? Why not? We can only go downhill from there. And, uh, you know, generally when I'm involved in a broadcast or a podcast, I mean, we, we start, the, the intro is the best part. So here we go. <laughs> Mini guns out of helicopters. <laughs> okay. Well, that's better than any intro I've been involved with. All right. Good. Mini guns out of helicopters on pigs on. What are you, what have we been doing? Uh, yeah, there's, it's happened a couple of times. So, yeah, uh, well, that wasn't on pigs. Um, no, the, the mini guns are in, in the desert in Nevada. Yep. Um, at a, uh, yeah, that was a, a, and I can actually take people to go and do that. I assume the Rona lets us travel again. Yeah. Um, yep. but that's, you know, we're taking people over three gun. Uh, yeah. Saw 249 saws, which is a five, five, six caliber machine gun, mm-hmm. um, out of helicopters as well. Um, yeah, other sort of 50, 50 cal machine guns out of, um, Humvees on the top of that on the move. So that's kind of the machine gun. Yeah, AKs, RPKs, all of the com block stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a really freaking cool match in October. Um, it, sometimes it's in Utah, some of the, sometimes it's in um, Nevada. It's called a Red October and it's a bit of a, you know, and it, AK people are special. <laughs> okay, yep. Um, and it is actually one of the funnest, most laid back, fantastic matches I've ever done. Um, there is a full auto section mm-hmm. um like if you can run full auto sub guns and there's a division for you to run that so yep. um that was pretty fun got expensive mm-hmm. instead of a 200 round count it was about four and a half thousand wow that's a that's a lot of reloading andy yeah it's yeah. a lot of reloading going on just the odd sunday afternoon <laughs> for a, a, yeah. three months yeah yep. yeah okay good <laughs> So yeah, RPKs, yep. um, full auto. I, I have video as well, so I, I could send that. So I have evidence that I've done that sort of stuff. It's, it's all right, man. We we believe you. We believe you. It's fine. Talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, good. 
But yeah, um, unfortunately, my my full auto um, fetishes have not been catered to uh, for a little while now. Mm. Um, so I'm getting a bit itchy. So if I start twitching, you know, steer clear <laughs> of the machine guns. <laughs> Very good, mate. And, and what about some of the other stuff that perhaps uh, is not so common to see over here, like some of the nicest? Uh, let's go with handguns in terms of some of the stuff you've you've had a chance to play with. What um what's been really good, and then not necessarily just the top end. Um, I mean, because I'm you know. Andy, look, let's let's bring Andy into the example. Um, he is uh, got yeah. to buy a handgun soon. He's just got his handgun license, or in that process, mm-hmm. and so handguns are something he wants to to pick up. Um, yeah, some of the stuff that you know presents really good value for money, uh, as well as some of the real nice flash stuff you can show off with. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, like it's a great question, and yeah, you don't need to go win a mega box. So. Um, obviously, your entry your entry level stuff is sort of your um, you know your Glocks um, is is a nice simple platform to to start off on. Uh, you can get used ones for sort of seven hundred bucks upwards around that, depending on the quality, uh, and they'll do the job. So as an entry point into sort of you know IPSC or or you know just plinking away, mm-hmm. um, sort of a nice little nine mil um, Glock that that's fine. Um, CZs, as we said before, CZs are a great option. Supply of those is a massive issue right at the moment. Yeah, um, right. Not just not just limited to that. those either, though. There's supply of many no, things. No, we'll get to there, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, um, CZs, Walther PPQ. So yeah, probably around that sort of you know a couple of grand mark uh, mm-hmm. new. It's going to get you something really nice, actually. That's going to help you grow. So you'll pretty you'll very quickly outgrow the um, the traditional uh, Glock and its capabilities. And if you're going to do running and gunning and IPSCing, it, it, you're going to outgrow its capabilities pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a couple of grand for a CZ or a, or a Walther PPQ, or then or if you if you got an old school flavor, go for a 1911. Yep. Yeah, nice. And so, what? Like, obviously, I guess m- myself and 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 many of our our crew and and many of our audience know, you know, what what takes you from a uh, base level rifle to the next level to the next level sort of stuff. But what about in the handgun world? What what takes you from your your Glock that you suggested as a starting point up to the the real flash uh, Ferrari you showed off before? Wh- where does the difference change? Where does that money go? <clears throat> yeah, awesome question, man. So. Um, recoil management, similar to with uh, with long arms, the heavier the, the heavier the gun, um, the less felt recoil you're going to have, and that means you can reacquire targets a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the same principles that work through as well. Funny going back, like most popular um, competition handgun platform is a, a double stack uh, 1911, which instead of the single stack uh, magazines, have kind of got them offset a little bit wider. Um, so it's called a 2011, commonly known as a as a uh, <laughs> uh, an STI, uh, unfortunate name, but you know that's the brand name that it is out of the states. They've just changed names conveniently, called to 2011. Mm-hmm. Bull is another mm-hmm. one. So anything that's got that double stack, everywhere else in the world where you can have more than 10 rounds, um, you put more rounds in the mag, and that's the cult purpose behind it. Yep. But that design back that was originally done back in the mid 1890s, 1896, I think it was the 1911 back then, and then progressed on. Um, a few years back, mm-hmm. is probably still the best trigger feel, um, the best performance, the most reliable, and like a REM 700, uh, the most options are available for that 1911-2011 type platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you go up, you know, the quality of the machining, like the cheaper 1911s are a bit rattly on the slide-to-frame fit, yep. um, same yeah. as like 
on the current Remington 700 rifles, the, the bolts rattly and the machining and the tolerances are a bit looser. Uh, the QC sort of softened off a bit lately mm -hmm. versus going up. Why would we go into a defiance um, uh, action? Uh, because smoother action, it's finished better. There's more high quality machinery that's actually made the bits that, that go together. Mm. Uh, and it's going to mm. perform in a tighter, <clears throat> excuse me, a tighter um, window of variability than, um, you know, our friend, the polymer Tupperware Glock. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, and so I guess uh, from a, from a basis point, there's many of the same things that we we see in the upgrading of rifles, we see in the upgrading of handguns. Just just sort of the nuances are a little bit different um, in yeah. ha in how we get there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, man, it's it's the same thing, I guess. With with handguns, you've really only got two contact points, which is uh, lefty and righty, mm -hmm. and um, the ability, like obviously positioning, um, having your body, biomechanics of, of running a, a long arm rifle is is critical to your performance and your, and your success in doing that, yep. uh, even more so with a handgun. Um, so stance is and managing recoil effectively is actually done through stance. Uh, when the muzzle flips, so the, the gun sort of um, flipping like this, this is actually driven by the grip. So rather than gripping the gun like a, a monkey grip like this, it's much better to pull the gun back into the hand because the gun, I'm not going to aim it at you, but the gun recoils back at you. It doesn't do that. It just goes straight back. So some people, when we when I do courses with people and I'm, I'm working with some people tomorrow, they go, holy, the, oh, the amount of, and I'm sure you have it all the time when you're teaching newbies, probably like me, how to run a precision rifle um, successfully, is you, there's a lot of, oh, wow, that just makes sense type mm. moments. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that before? Uh, because uh, you've got a, a bangy thing in your hand that may or may not hurt someone if you do the wrong things. Yeah. And uh, there's a bit of intimidation around that. But, yeah, the gear is important, but the operators uh, or the users even probably more important. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe we should uh, start another show, Andy, called Skills Night. Because that's that's really uh, that's really the uh, where it all counts, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Mm, but, and well, anyway. it's interesting you say that, Rusty, mm. because that's um, I, I'm always looking for ways to learn, and I, I like learning from everyone. So even though I'm an instructor, um, that's mostly just for firearm safety courses and people to get their licensing. Mm -hmm. I incorporate a lot of skills and fundamentals in my safety courses so that I, I want people to go to the range like you do mm. to be successful. I want people to come and do a safety course, get their license, and then go and get their firearm and then put holes in paper or rounds on steel and yeah. go, oh, shit, oh, that, that's really good fun, mm. rather than, bang, where did that go? Oh, I don't know, send another one. <laughs> bang, where did that one go? I don't know, fuck if I know. Yeah. And it's just not, it gets unfun pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, skills night would actually be an awesome idea. Yeah, don't, there is a, there is other plans in the work, so let's not ruin all our secrets. <laughs> no, absolutely, and uh, and uh, but it is kind of cool to talk about gear from time to time as well, which we uh, we often haven't talked about uh, in extensively. So it's uh, good to good to go, mate. What uh, what brought on the interest in the precision rifle side of things? Um. The kind of I've always really had an admiration and a fascination on how to the science and the art of shooting really long range, but doing it successfully. So mm -hmm. yeah, being a kid and reading you know Andy McNabb books and you know having you know, fantasies about becoming a a soldier and doing all that bullshit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just 
understand, trying to understand ballistics and understand how to put that tiny little um, weighted bit of uh, lead and copper and maybe a bit of plastic uh, onto something that's a, that's a fair way away, but do it quickly and accurately. Yeah. Uh, and I've gone, wow, how do I learn how to do that? And I got distracted by handguns a lot. And that's, I've gone, wow, this is like, you know, really cool. And I want to learn more about it. And the more I sort of learn about it, the more the, the, you know, the heroin of long range shooting um, gets into my veins. Gotcha, gotcha. And so that that RPR you started with, what did you uh, what did you take away from that when you went from there to to upgrade to it? Um, obviously, it's a good it's a good pl- platform there, but where was it lacking? Um, the, I was the lacking part of that. Um, <laughs> I love the honesty. That's uh, that's quality, mate. Quality, and and also let's not let's not focus on negative. What what was good about that platform as well? What did you get out of it that was that was excellent? No, oh, I mean, for a relatively little amount of money, I think, yeah, you know, like, I don't know, a couple of grand and a bit and some change for the rifle. And then the the importance of the bits that connect the bits. So it's great to have a nice scope and a nice rifle, but if you've got shit rings, yeah. like it's the weakest link, it's the old thing with motor racing, whereas like the 50 cent part will destroy a, a race or a, or a big expensive car. Yep. And I realised, okay, it's all really important. So that got me on to, and it's also, you know, I'm sure you've done it a, a more than a thousand times. How do, how do you actually set up that scope properly and mount the rings onto the action and get that to do all, all to line up? Yep. Eliminate those variables. And instead of chasing the dots around the paper, I can actually put the dots in, the, in a place. Um, <laughs> the physicality yeah. behind it, you know, okay, breathe in, breathe out, pause, squeeze. Um, how to how to try to work out to, to run the turrets and, and do calculations of reticles and distances and things. And I'm very early in my journey yep. and got a lot to learn. But yeah, I just find it really captivatingly and really captivating and interesting and, and I'm really excited about it. Mm, yeah, it's that's uh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, uh, we have to take a quick break uh, because we need to do our, uh, our what's on the shelf segment and got some interesting stuff. And hopefully, you've got a shelf there as well, Adam, because we, we we can throw over to you as well. But uh, I've got a couple of things to uh, to show off. Uh, firstly, uh, you said you shot in the states a lot. Well, I haven't shot in the states very much, but I have a little bit. So this is from uh, from Arizona. Uh, we shot a match over there. Uh, Arizona, earlier. yeah, last year with uh, with Butters. And uh, this was um, the Tactical Precision Rifle Challenge. Uh, oh, no, that, that was not the match I shot. I don't know why that's on there. But anyway, that, that was the, the, the challenge coin they gave me. Apparently everyone who shoots a match there. And then that's uh, uh, that's John, who used to work at Prime, uh, looking gorgeous on the uh, on the front of that. He's a beautiful man. Absolutely. Uh, this is this is the, the, the big one. This, is, uh, this arrived uh, today. This is a Burris XTR3. So that's going to go on the uh, 6GT. So I'm looking uh, looking forward to playing with that. Andy's looking forward to playing with that. We'll get it out. I'll, I'll play with anything, mate. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Scope related or anything. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the the thing that I'm I'm also probably equally excited about. I dug this up the other day. <laughs> that, that's a Sega Sega, Sega Mega Drive uh, with NBA Jam in it. Um, yeah, I've been. Getting no work done anymore. This is this is lost. But it's not dusty. <laughs> I wiped it all off. <laughs> Trust me, there was a. There, it took it took about fifteen minutes to get this cartridge in a point where it actually would turn on and play. So uh, 
That's good. And then we got all the uh, all the classics, the Sonics and Sonics and uh, and and Sonics. NHL ninety six. NHL. So, anyway, that's uh, that's my uh, my music done for a little while. So anyway, that's what's on the shelf this week with us. You got anything to show off, mate? Well, I mean, you've got a fairly impressive shelf behind you. So look, we can we can just stick with that. I I do. Uh, I've up on the shelf there. Um, give me a sec. Yep. Right, well, uh... I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm back, I'm back. Uh, this is one thing that I'm really excited about. Speaking yep. of scopes, uh, I don't know if you'll be able to see, it's hard to read in there, but this is... Um, oh, that's the uh, Shannon, is... Shannon K uh, reticle, uh, milling reticle number four. Yes, that is what you saw. Very nice, mate. Very nice. Now you're just doing the one-up, one-upmanship. I love it. Oh, no, no, trying new things, trying new things. So, yeah, um, I can't help myself. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's nice. It's, it's no Sega Mega Drive, but it's nice. No, it's not. It's got nothing on the Sega Mega Drive. Yeah. And it's got nothing on the – I don't have an Arizona patch. <laughs> uh, my, my. How, about, how about I trade you a Carlos sticker, which I'm sure you don't have any of, for your Arizona patch um, or Calicoin? Let's uh, let's say it. let's say no because I reckon I know where to get a Carlos sticker from. <laughs> but I appreciate the thought, mate. Appreciate the thought. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a give and take kind of guy. <laughs> take it, take it. All right, take it. very good, very good. You uh, for those who are wondering what all the giggling's about, uh, you, you, if you listen to the the Precision Shooting Podcast latest episode that will be going up at sometime this weekend. Uh, anyway, it, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Very good. All right, let's cut out the in jokes and uh, and get over to gear. What do we got sitting there? That's some sort of trigger we didn't see. Yeah, this uh, I just got a little shipment of some trigger, trigger tech um, bits in here. Yeah, very nice. The diamonds are not shining just yet, but this this one feels special, as in lick the glass type special. Nice, mate. He's got a and um, so all sorts of just, just this is um another bit of kit where I I like to play with. This is an empty gun. This okay. is actually not a barrel. Mm-hmm. This is um, it's not it's a real gun, but it's actually completely unloaded. Yep. And this is a magazine with gas in it. Okay. So this is some of the things I. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, I'm getting some of the laser targets over from our friends over at um in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to use these sorts of things with hopefully um bolt guns and um and some of the. Other get stuff that I supply to the government. Yeah, um, yeah just yeah. try always look for new ways to train and add some new tech into the um, into the equation to try and seeing most of our mates down in Victoria. They need a call out and a bit of a, a bone. Can't mm. get out on range, um, so I try and get some tools over and some toys to uh, help yeah. keep the uh, yeah. the Rona boredom at bay. Yeah, oh, that's uh, that's good. Yeah, so that's uh, a CO two or something like that. That's just sim- simulating the recall, so you can uh, you can train with it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm there's some, I'm trying to work it out how to make it work with the bolt guns. Mm. Uh, it's better with semi autos. Yep. Yeah, runs CO two. Um, kind of like airsoft. Uh, a bit more kick than a than a gel blaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, helps to disturb the sight picture. The the cool thing is that yeah, it disturbs the sight picture for when the sight picture goes off, and it resets the trigger. So as you guys would know, semi-automatic handguns, you need to let the, the slide reciprocate to reset the trigger mm. instead of actually lifting the handle and pulling the bolt back. Very good, mate. Excellent. Got a question here, and uh, I, I know the answer to this one because you messaged me very excited this morning. But the question yes. about uh, where's our 6GT brass? 
Uh, Fantastic. Glad I was asked. <laughs> yeah, because I, I got a very very excited message from you this morning. So uh, keep us updated because you are, you are now the uh, importers for Alpha Munitions. Yes, finally. So, yeah, about six months ago, I uh, applied for the B709 import permit. Um, for some reason, it uh, it was delivered to me this morning. So, import permit is in hand. Um, as soon as I got that, I sent it off to uh, the exporters uh, and uh, Rain and Tom over at uh, Alpha. Mm-hmm. And I'll be calling them up tonight as well just to, to get that first lot. So, then some brass coming for you, some coming for me, and for everyone else that's... Um, been super supportive and patient. Thank you very much. Very, very sorry about the delays. No excuses, but it's not my fault. Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, it's it's been a tumultuous time for any sort of imports and such. And and that was that you you cop that on the back of some other challenges with ITAR changing and and other bits and pieces. Uh, it's been uh, it's been uh, a, a, not particularly for you, but a mess in general uh, for all sorts of challenges at the moment. Oh man, like worst possible time I could have um, conceivably started a, a firearms dealership and, and distribution yeah. <laughs> company because yeah, mate, yeah, opened up, spent like a stupid amount of money to to get licensed and opened up here in November mm-hmm. and uh, fitting out the shop and then paid a lot of money on stuff and then shut down by the fearless uh, Queensland government mm-hmm. uh, because they thought we were going to be doing silly things with our gear um, until the middle of June. So open a shop, go through the dead time, business picks up for two weeks, get shut down, didn't know when I was going to open again. Um, so many good customers just I, – I actually do want to say thanks to so much to everyone that has helped and supported from the bottom of my heart because there were so many people that actually rang up and said, hey, man, shit time. What can I do um, to help? What can I buy? And there was, a, there was about a week there where I couldn't even sell you um, like a tourniquet because I sell med gear, medical gear as well. Wow. I couldn't sell. I was, I was prohibited from selling anything. Um, wow. Couldn't receive gear. It was ridiculous. Hmm. Um, but people were ringing up saying, hey, man, can I buy um, some ammo? Can I buy a uh, sling? Can I buy a bipod? Can I, can I buy whatever you've got to help support you? And honestly, even though the amounts of money weren't necessarily huge, it was what really actually kept me going psychologically is, and, and emotionally is that people were so thoughtful and considerate. Yep. So, yeah, thanks um, thanks so much to the shooting community. Um, I mean, we chatted a bit um, during that time as well, so mm-hmm. thanks very much for you. Even though it didn't seem like much, like the messages on, on social media just was um, in some down times was actually massively motivating, so thanks very much. But yeah, um, 10th of June, the uh, the chastity belts came off, and uh, we could start doing um, doing fun things again. Oh, um, good. And yeah, then the constant fights with um, the government, police, as in not not the general police, uh, but yeah, the weapons police. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, they've had massive backlogs. I'm, I'm sort of they do as much as they can. But yeah, it's taken a while, and yeah, massively excited about getting Alpha Brass, hopefully over um, as soon as possible. For the first little bits, and then we'll have a big chunk coming over when a, uh, a shipping container leaves the US, mm. um, probably in late September, early October. Very good, mate. Very good. Well, I, I'm 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 stoked to, to be looking at the shop behind you and, and the fact that it still exists because uh, <laughs> you know that that was you know that's a, a your scenario where you started November and then you know six months later or less, no less um, you, you shut again and shut for you know 
quite a while um, is uh, you know it's amazing to see that you're, you're still there. So so credit to you. Uh, well done, Nova. So we, we have an amazing shooting community, and we we know mm. that, and uh, we hear from them a lot. And uh, there's some amazing people who are uh, yeah, no doubt keep uh, keep things rolling, keep things running, which is uh, which is phenomenal. Yeah, and and I'll give it back. Yeah, there were several. There were six figures uh, of dollars that uh, did go missing over those three months that mm. uh, ran a lot of the, uh, the 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 reserves away. Um, but yeah, man, it's just you know, yeah. they'll you know yeah. punch in the shoulder type thing. It just yeah, it meant a lot. So yeah, that's the other reason I'm trying. We'll build up. We'll keep building, and we'll try, try to give as good a service and and support as we can. To, and you know, like the same with the the PRS series, just. Even though we can't go big just yet, it's only just me and what little money that uh, my wife lets me have um, to go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll give it a nudge. Nice, mate. Nice. Now, I just want to delve back into equipment for, uh, for a few moments because uh, that's that's uh, the key of the show. But um, Get on the gear. You're really into, into multi-gun, three-gun stuff over in the US when, when you can be. Oh, yeah. What, uh, can you give us a rundown of the combo you use for that? Because while not too many guys over here can run it or, or maybe own some of those guns, it's always good to hear about equipment that uh, we can't get. Bit of jealousy, yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I, I run a custom AR, um, AR-15 chambered in in, um, in 223 uh, over there. We can run, um, we can run like as many, as big a mags as we can fit in them in most places except um, California because yep. everything gives you cancer there. Um, <laughs> so, it yeah, it's, it's, it's so much fun. Um, so it's it's pretty custom. It's you know based on an AR where you know it's a carbon four end and a and a sixteen inch barrel. Uh, I usually run a Carl's um, K eighteen I in a cantilever spur mount um, on that. Um, um, what flavour of trigger? I can't remember which trigger I'm running at the moment. It's a um, holy shit. Definitely a anyway. A, it, a, it's a cool a light trigger one. that goes. Yeah. You yeah. just got to sort of you know unicorn fart on it. It goes off. Um, so yeah, running a running a K18i um, with uh, with a red dot on the side, but a 45 just gives nice faster target yep. acquisition. Um, I actually take um, my handgun from here with me over there when I go. Okay. Um, it's not that hard to, to travel with gear once you know what to do. Yep. Uh, and yeah, my semi-automatic shotgun that stays with a, a buddy over there is it's a Benelli mm -hmm. uh, with a tube. Uh, next time I go back, I'm probably going to run a Dissident Arms okay. uh, K12. Which is based on a on a Sega, um, which is pretty much the same as it's basically an AK forty seven twelve gauge. Yes, yeah, I've seen uh, seen seen those on uh, some various YouTube videos and bits and pieces. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, so that, they're that, seriously fun. And that's a pretty common combo. Those those sort of three setups are you know fairly custom. <clears> and the Sega Sega's are real real popular, aren't they, for the twelve gauge over there? Yeah, um, so, yeah, Lan and Mike at Dissident Arms do a really amazing job on on making those into race guns. So, so that's going to be yeah, an open gun setup. You don't have to go, you know, crazy on that sort of thing. You can just turn up with, a, like, a Daniel Defense DDM-4 yep. um, and, a like, a, a normal um, 2011 handgun or even something. Obviously, we're, there's production, open, um, outlaw, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it depends what you want to do and what your budget is and, and how much fun you want to have. Yeah, I kind of go a bit stupid on gear. <laughs> um, <laughs> long mag. So depending on courses of fire. So a, a typical sort of multi-gun or three-gun match would be you you might have um, you know a 30 or 40 round um, handgun uh, stage in there. 
your probably AR or, or uh, carbine section is going to have a combination of like up close IPSC five yards all the way out to potentially 400 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a little bit of magnification really helps with that. So usually I've got a red dot on the 45. Yep. So the really up close stuff that's sort of within probably seven yards, all I have to do is pivot the gun at 45 and, and just yank on it. Sure. And uh, something longer, it's dial in, um, get some support, lean in behind it. Some pretty awkward positions, just like PRS. Um, the longest range we've gone out, there's a really cool range uh, club in just outside of Vegas called Pro Gun Club, which have got, if you ever go to Vegas, you've got to go there. <clears throat> you've okay. got to go there. Uh, Flying up cars, cars with Tannerite. <laughs> right, gotcha. With a fifty BMG, sounds like a sounds like a, a once in a lifetime experience. Uh, depending on how expensive the car is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is, is that? Did yeah, you just blow up the car you rented and then and then had to walk back or something? I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, well if we'll you've had on. too much to drink, you know, uh, don't drink and drive. Um, yeah. So yeah, but. <laughs> Um, Pro Gun Vegas is a great place. Usually go and do a match there before, or they usually have a really good match after Shot Show. Mm-hmm. Um, so go and catch up with a bunch of friends and, and shoot a lot of guns and blow some shit up and yep. uh, laugh a lot and have a few drinks. That's, uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, nice, mate. Yeah. Nice. Now, no doubt, gentlemen, with your your experience and the, the amount of uh, uh, gear you've run, and also your perhaps tendency to get a bit excited about gear, surely there's been a few things you've bought that are just haven't quite uh, come to your expectations, or you realise you didn't need. Have you got any stories of stuff that maybe let's say they're lessons learnt? Uh, lessons learnt, yeah. You call them, um, yeah. Um, particularly <laughs> with um, inexpensive, like under. Like the whole, oh, it's cheap, but it'll be all right type scenario and getting through a magazine and things turning to, you know, a mm-hmm. shit bite. Um, yeah, cheap AKs don't don't last very long. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, uh, from, you know, trying to think, oh, yeah, we, we'll only get the cheapest AK we can do and see how quickly it'll break yep. and having it break halfway through the first magazine. Um, <laughs> That's not, not a... Yeah, that's uh, that's not what you bought it for. That sounds like no. Scott Scott McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Scott. Uh, anyway, good. Um, yeah, again, every time I've tried to cheap out on something, it's ended in tears. So um, yeah. whether it's you know getting handguns that I thought shit, that's going to be a bargain. I wonder why that's so cheap. And uh, the reason <laughs> is it's because it's shit. Um, <laughs> a few yeet cannons flying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Yeets, no. So, um, actually, I've been pretty forward, not too much. Um, I haven't ever had any really bad bad outcomes or, or big losses on, on things that I've invested a lot on mm-hmm. um, or that was drastically unfixable. So, yeah, touch touch wood, uh, I've been all right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, how about you, man? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, not to bang on about buying expensive stuff, but, yeah, often often it's, uh, it's just little things that let go that you just – didn't realise. I think um, I, I had a the the rear um, the rear pin on a Remington seven hundred trigger. Uh, I broke 
the same one three times. Well, not the same one, but I sorry, I broke it on the same gun three times, uh, and that's uh, that's good fun when you uh, you know you pull the bolt back, it snaps, and then it nearly hits you in the face, uh, and then you now are in the middle of uh, New South Wales, out out, out near nowhere, um, not smart enough to know how to fix that, and so you have to learn how to pull the bolt back uh, far enough to get the next round, but not too far to come out of the gun because it makes it more challenging to get back in. And then you, you, you get excited because you get onto a run of pigs or something, and then you're like, yes, bang, bang, and then you get really, really excited and pull it out and do smack yourself in the face, um, and then the pigs are gone. So um, what's the lesson in that? I don't know. But anyway, the, uh, the, I, I eventually... Take more spares. <laughs> take spares, take spares. Um, so that was, a, that was a little bit disappointing, um, but uh, there has been all sorts. Andy, anything come to mind for you, mate? Yeah, definitely. I uh, oh, your your, well, your camera's disappeared, mate. Oh, okay, that's all right. <laughs> but I, I, um, yeah, definitely with bipods. I've, I've found myself going through a lot of bipods, uh, trying to get the the cheaper ones who mm-hmm. thought would work, and and uh, it's just uh, you know they either fall apart or don't do the job, or um, yeah, that sort of thing. So I think bipods is is something that's let me down. Mm. Yeah, tell some bipod stories actually, but I won't. I won't because we've uh, we've we've gone over them previously. Bipod bipods. That's uh, that's probably the summary of that. Uh, yeah, mate. What about uh, the, the the flip side of that, Adam? Is is stuff that you um, either has been relatively inexpensive or you sort of expected X from it, and it gave you X times ten stuff that that surprised with how good it is or how valuable it actually was. Well, uh, shit, now you put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I certainly have. Oh, um, yeah, you porn. Um, <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking website subscriptions, are we? Now, now yeah, we've yeah, moved yeah. away from Especially guns. the ones that are free subscriptions. <laughs> um, no, I've... Struggling. Um, all, all good. Well, I can. I, 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 before I'll give you some time to think. I'll give you some time. Give me to some. Think. We can't just gestate something. We, we, let's throw the question to Andy. See if he can come up with anything quickly. Um, wait, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> we got your camera back. That's the main thing. Yay. Yeah, very, very good. Hey, batteries. No, I think. Um, so a couple of little things that that I, I guess I've had that um that have been uh, very useful that that weren't didn't think would be. Um, in federal. Factory ammunition, you get these plastic strips that have, have 10 rounds. You get two of them in each, uh, in each uh, box of ammo. And, you, you, you yeah. know, you take your ammo out, you put them in, then you throw them away and you don't even think about it. Uh, they fit really well into pockets, into that sort of stuff. And I remember so many hunting trips, I'd be, like, looking for these things, load them up, put them in various pockets. you got, like, a 10-rounder in each one. Couldn't afford, you know, 10 magazines, so we just run those and just load up your magazine every time and then throw that into your, into your backpack or into the vehicle. Um, that's one of those little things that were just they – were, they were free, effectively, uh, and they became extremely uh, – they, they became sought after to the point we would, like, buy them at gun shows if we could. Like, we just – Okay, uh, I don't want the ammo, but can I buy the plastic? Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, <laughs> sometimes Recycled. yeah, sometimes those little uh, those little gadgets were and and look uh, in terms of actual uh, actual items, bubble level, uh, bubble level just has uh, has certainly changed uh, changed you know how uh, especially those longer distances are so important, so critical, and and having seen that go from putting it onto a gun from from performing poorly to performing really, really well in the time it takes to set the bubble level up. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's, it's a cheap thing that has a big, uh, big role to play. I know. I just worked it out. 
Blue Loctite. Blue Loctite, yep. <laughs> Not red. Yes. Blue. Yes, red becomes very painful longer term, especially when things go uh, go wrong and you need to re- resolve situations. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, the amount of times where I've seen, um, whether it, whatever firearm platform it is, um, you know, having it, it, it happened to me. Uh, I went out with a couple with Foxy and, and a couple other guys out to Milmerin a few months ago right. um, to, to try out um, one of uh, the Oceania guns. And um, yeah, I just you know in the rush, um, in sort of you know getting excited, not having, not spending time to actually prep my gear, um, I hadn't put enough torque onto uh, onto the scope to, to lock it down. And, and if I reckon if I had to actually put up, so after you know half a dozen rounds, I'm wondering why I can't zero this freaking thing. Um, and all of a sudden, it's because I realised, oh, hang on, the basically the the scope mount bolts have come loose, and I've gone, hmm, that'll be it. Doesn't matter how good the scope or the gear is. Yep. If you haven't done your shit up, yep. it's not going to work. So yeah, yeah. Loctite, blue Loctite is your friend, my yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, good, good call, mate. Good call, and uh, and yeah, there's there's amazing those little little um, things. Have you thought of anything, Andy? Cause no, I don't want to just hog the hog the conversation, but there's lots of little. No. Uh, I just <laughs> just seen some guys, uh, some guys do some 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 cool little. Um, Tweaks and and so you know utilizing um, scope caps like on the inside of scope caps, putting information in there or, yeah. or motivational message, whatever it might be. Uh, there, there's so many little. Uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll collect all these little ideas, the under under two hundred dollars list, and uh, and and save some people some money and actually get some some good results from it. Well, I did uh, something just crossed my mind. Oh, well, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that. It sounds painful for <laughs> it's you. It's just gone. <laughs> No, I've lost it now. <laughs> um, they, I've seen uh, usually when guys put a flag in their chamber, they'll have a bit of a elastic bungee or something to close the bolt up against the flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just stops the flag falling out when you're carrying around, muzzle up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're, uh, they're, they're a good one. Um, yeah, fantastic, man. Yeah. Now, you, Adam, you – oh, sorry, carry Go on. on. Carry on. I've got a question No, yeah, I mean, just having like – a repository of sort of checklist, not a suppository. A repository. I heard you correctly, <laughs> uh, but thanks for clarifying because some uh, Andy took it the other way. So, sorry, full full squat. <laughs> um, just yeah, have, having a little uh, having having that sort of area where you can share these sort of ideas and, and checklists. So yeah, the, um, the mate uh, Foxy was just having these simple like the right the dope cards laid out in in the right sort of structure. Um, having the checklist, I think the the pre match um checklist is actually super handy because mm. guarantee you the morning of, of going out for a match whether it's an ipsc match or a three gun match or any match i will forget something 100 <laughs> percent. yep yep that's right uh, i think we've all forgotten either a bolt or a mag or both or ammo um this mm-hmm. <laughs> i have uh, we we uh Back in the day, we used to do a lot of clay shooting in uh, in paddocks and just just down on yes. mate's farm. Had a few clay throwers. I'd take them out there and just throw clays. And, and mm. usually it was minimum minimum buy-in per person of like at least a, you have to take out at least five hundred clays, and that was that was the deal. Anyway, we we got out there one day. One of the guys swung past and picked up the clay throwers from my place, brought them all up, got them all the way up there. You know, sort of an hour and a half or so drive. We all we were all up there and and ready to roll. Pulled it all out and uh, went. Hey, uh, Dutchie, where's the uh, Where's the cables to connect everything up? And he's just looked at me and gone, um, "Not, not here, not here." I'm like, "Well, all right, let's uh, let's work out who wants to come clay shooting today, as long as they go and grab the cables." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Pretty fast. And anyway, we uh, we got there, but uh, yeah, all sorts of stuff you forget. Now you mentioned the uh, the I'm going to say this wrong. The Oceana Precision is that the right? Have I got the brand correct? Oceania, yeah. Oceania, okay. Oceania, Oceania. That Oceania. that gun. Can you? How did you go with that? Let's say because that's a straight pull gun, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was actually, um, it was pretty gun, a gun, pretty a gun. Um, again, it was, it was me, it was me not performing rather than the gun, but yep. it was a bit of a product. It was a prototype to, uh, that, that, that guy, um, uh, we wanted to sort of, you know, have a crack at and then a bit of feedback. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, the guys out at Mill Marin were super helpful and, you know, gave a lot of constructive input to, um, to the guys at, uh, at, at Oceania to say, okay, great. If you want to go down that path, this is how it could work. And this is how it, it couldn't work. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a different concept. The guns, they, they actually sell really well. I think having an Australian made product, um, i really want to try and support Australian made, um, and American stuff rather than our Northern directly people, um, that are creating problems at the moment. Um, supporting local businesses like, you know, Warwick, um, Warwick Firearms, uh, Oceania Precision, um, and everyone else in the industry here is a pretty important thing for mm-hmm. me to be able to do. Um, and yeah, the, the guys, Jeff, the guy that runs the business is, is a super passionate, very motivated guy that sacrificed a lot of, um, a lot, you know, personally and financially to be able to deliver a, a, a a, a really nicely made Australian made product, core yep. product. A couple of the, the bits on the side, like the garnish is what I call it, the grip and the stock and bore ends are cheaper to get from overseas, but um, well, from the US. Um, so, yeah, I think they're a great platform using one of you know, these Swanee's barrels. Um, he's got a great a great platform there, which I think is actually freaking good value for money. Yeah, right. Um, and how, yeah. how, do, how does that adapt to PRS? I don't know. Um, your thoughts would be really valuable there, actually. Haven't, haven't, haven't played with them, so I guess, I guess we will see. Um, being Conceptually, like, what do you think of the concept of a straight pull? Uh, I, I guess if they've got the accuracy of them, then then fantastic. Um, yeah, that's the, I guess that's where we uh, we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of those sort of straight pull options be sort of on the side, not not really shoot as well as a bolt action mm. or as reliably as a bolt action. Um, and I'm not yeah. saying that particular gun. I'm talking. In general, from yeah, what, generally. what I've yeah, seen, yeah. Um, so I guess if they can overcome that and, and put together a really good package uh, and have it competitively priced against that, um, yeah, it could be could be fine. I guess it's gonna it's gonna take a, a bit to convince a, a number of a large number of people to to go a straight pull rather than a bolt. People got a you know long history with bolt guns, and um, it could take yeah. a, it could take a, a little while. But certainly, uh, you know, we we haven't been shooting bolt guns forever. We used to do flintlocks, so uh, I guess uh, we we changed one. Well, we changed a few times, so uh, it'll it'll change again at some point. Yeah, one day. I mean, it's really set up to be a sort of a repeater-ish type um, hunting hunting platform. So it's it's pure design is is not to be a, a precision rifle. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I I kind of like to give it a crack and see what see if it's worth. Uh, and, and actually, yeah, it was it, it's, it's group's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the that one was a three hundred eight. Um, he, he makes them in six five Creedmoor as well, and pretty much and the new two two three three fifty. Three out of blackout model is um, he's working on at the moment. And hopes to be able to make that available at the end of the year. Yeah. So, Fantastic. if you're out there chasing piggies or bunnies or foxies or any of the other things that you know we like to put holes in, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're, they're good value. Yeah, and I think from a from a hunting platform, the straight pulls make a lot of uh, a lot of good sense. You know, sort of as a as an alternative to the um, to the pump action. 
is the mm. word I'm trying. Mm. I'm struggling with words. It's, mm. it's too late. It's too late, mate. It's uh, what nearly. You need uh, a drink, Rusty. You nearly, need a drink, mate. Nearly eight. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair point. That uh, that's always helped in the past. I've always been better at speaking after drinking, right, Andy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's, he's three quarters of the way through a bottle of the rum baron's rum, so uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's not paying any attention to him. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. Appreciate your uh, thoughts and ideas. Is there anything uh, burning topic that you wanted to cover off on quickly or anything you want to uh, do a shout-out to? Right, shout-out to the guys up at Biggerton. Um, I'll be up there at the uh, the Monster Team event at the, at the end of uh, September. So uh, I think that's probably one of the first proper PRS um, matches that I've all done um, on home soil here. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah, really keen to get out there and see the boys so and, and, and get behind some good gear uh, finally, hopefully soon. Um, <laughs> before again, well, before we – let's let's delve into that for a moment. So what what are you planning on running for that team match and, and who are you shooting it with? Um, I'm shooting with a mate of mine who's actually um, – shout out to, to Jamie who's probably listening or will be listening. Um, uh, he's uh, he's uh, ex-ADF. Uh, uh, he's done a massive amount to help me out and, and do a bit of a tune-up in the shop here to – Yep. to run things better so yeah jamie's going to come up and uh, we'll have some shits and giggles mm. um actually was, there's a long list of people that have contributed lots of time and energy and passion into uh into my business for pretty much ammo mm-hmm. um <laughs> people will work for ammo which is good <laughs> good good um, <laughs> but my platform i'm running um <clears throat> yeah waiting for some sperm outs to arrive and then i'll be putting this um this carlitos um Probably onto the Ruger um, Hawkeye LRT that's on the wall behind me. Okay. Um, I've been I've been trying to. Uh, there's a, a chassis over there that's longingly waiting, longingly for a uh, uh, an off-the-shelf Rem 700 65 Creedmoor um, to to come back. Yep. Um, so it'll be either one of those two, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and yeah, just try and get some fortune cookies and um, Accutac bipod. I'd say. Uh, And, yeah, figure out how bad I am at um, shooting at uh, stationary targets. Fantastic, mate. Well, I I, I am looking forward to to, uh, uh, seeing all the photos and videos and stuff uh, from that match. I I was really thinking about getting along to it, um, but just I I got real real put off flying uh, with uh, with the Darwin flights getting cancelled for no apparent reason, Uh, and we were all a bit devastated about that, so I've been pretty nervous about booking flights again and then uh, what – Qantas lost two billion dollars today, or something like that. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, so, I can find it. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> give us a heads up if you find find it. One percent, <laughs> yeah, mate. One percent. One percent's all I ask. Um, yeah. Spotters fee. <laughs> that's right. And so, uh, I didn't didn't jump on it, and then and then it filled up so quickly, which is awesome. So, and they they uh, they run a good match up there, and I, I look forward to seeing and hearing about it. And the team match is uh, is something we just haven't haven't seen for so long um, since back in the PRI days, really. Mm. So I look forward to seeing how they do that because uh, team matches can be done in so many ways. We actually we actually had a team match planned here for June. Uh, Ash Porner and myself oh. were going to put that together, and then of course, yeah, well, we didn't even uh, didn't even get to the point to uh, write the first stage, uh, given how it all went down. So. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing what Jared and the crew up there uh, put together. So good, good luck for it, Adam. I hope you enjoy it, and, uh, and we look forward to keeping updated on that. 
Yeah, man. No, it's it's going to be super exciting. I've just um, uh, Mark was or the guys at Kestrel Australia were kind enough to open an account for me mm-hmm. uh, just this week as well. Yeah. So uh, put in my thing. I'll, I'll put a, an order in for some Kestrels probably tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. So hopefully I'll I'll, uh, I'll have a, a what six weeks will be enough time to work so that I can work out how to turn it on and uh, try and figure out how to drive it. Um, well, but yeah, please be gentle with me. <laughs> I'll have my learner plates on. The, the important thing about a Kestrel, probably the most important thing and, and should get you going, is um, probably spend the first week, maybe even two, playing snakes um, because uh, high scores are a thing at matches uh, now. And so um, if you if you can do snake, you've got this, uh, this match wrapped up. Don't even worry about shooting. Don't even take any ammo. Just take your Kestrel and you'll be all over it. Kestrel and booze. <laughs> we, we, we might leave it there on that note, Kestrel and booze. <laughs> Oh, I've got uh, fantastic guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, Adam. Thank you for your time for joining us, and and all the best with the shop and uh, and the training and the match coming up and uh, and everything else you got going on. And great to see you're still in existence. Uh, that is that is uh, brilliant given the given the rough start you had. So uh, for those guys, particularly those guys who are up in Queensland, the local, get down and and go and say good day and, uh, and and meet Adam and and catch up with him at the match. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing uh, how things uh, how things go, mate. No doubt we will uh, talk to you again shortly. Awesome, mate. Thanks so much, Rusty. Thanks, Andy. And remember, full squat. <laughs> Ready to rock and roll. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks very much for uh, for, for joining us and uh, and, and tuning in. Uh, next week, mystery guests. Uh, we uh, we're still coordinating the next few weeks of uh, of guests, but look forward to uh, to uh, being back on deck. Uh, if you are obviously, if you can get along to that bigger match, even to watch or help out, uh, hit those guys up. I'm, I'm sure uh, uh, help is always a, a good thing. Um, the if you're in uh, SA or can get to SA relatively easily, come along and uh, and check us out. And then uh, whenever uh, that's the 19th of September for the uh, Steel Slam and uh, what else we got yeah I think that's about it um, we will uh, we will rock and roll and uh, and look forward to catching up with you guys in another week or so and uh, take care be safe keep shooting do all that sort of stuff this music's coming in and while I'm talking out to you.